1: From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Welcome to the COB, the stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. On this Thursday, the 8th of July, I'm Nadine Blaney and I'm here with... The beach, I heard that around the office today. Ah, yes, beach, A, B, and call me anything
2: but not late for dinner, as they say. Oh, that's almost a dad joke. It is a dad joke.
1: Um, Okay, so in today's session, we saw the market come out of the gates with a bang, up by about 7 tenths of a percent. Really did pull back through the afternoon session, particularly after the noon hour. Bounced a little bit into the close. So when all was said and done, the S&P ASX 200 was up by two tenths of a percent again considering what happened around the asian region so we've got tokyo down by nine tenths of a percent uh the heng heng Seng in hong kong is getting smashed as well uh yeah so i think that's a pretty solid performance
2: i think it is i'm i guess i'm a little more surprised by the broader asian region given how tech heavy they are because tech was really our savior today by now pay na- pay later space doing particularly well. Although just chatting to Fraser McLeod, Shore and Partners says a lot of that uh, zip, I think it was up 15 plus percent mm-hmm. at one stage. Some of that apparently looking like a short squeeze. But look, look where interest rates are. Those US treasuries just sink day after day after day. And that is supportive for tech. So I guess I'm probably more surprised that the rest of Asia wasn't more upbeat.
1: Yeah, but think of the issues we're having with, tech in Asia, with regulation in China in particular, and it's tech that's been hit really hard Mm -hmm. in Hong Kong. Uh, So we're keeping an eye on that. Also, just noting as well that uh, Chinese uh, bonds are looking pretty interesting right now. The 10-year yield falling below 3% for the first time since August. Plenty of attention being put on some policy easing signals that are happening in China.
2: Yeah, there certainly is a, a lot of the uh, banks are coming out saying that a triple R cut, which is reserve requirement rate, uh, probably targeted to the smaller bank. To, to excuse me, the smaller banks targeting the smaller companies because, like a lot of countries, the smaller uh, smaller end of town is what's driving the economy. I guess we can't be too surprised because we've seen a lot of charts talking about credit impulse in China and it's fallen off a cliff. So it looks like the Chinese authorities may be giving a little bit of financial support. So ordinarily, I would have thought that would have been better for the Chinese outlook. But as you say, with the corporate regulators or over in China pulling Didi from uh, app stores, uh, that sounds like it's
1: certainly... So soon <laughs> after its listing as well. I mean, it's really yes. sus. Uh, So, I mean, there's not a lot of confidence and uncertainty is obviously not welcomed by the market. Uh, If I look at the market map, though, here in Australia, just getting back to equities here, we saw the banks. Um, Look, flat performance from CBA and Westpac, but still some more significant falls for ANZ down by seven tenths of one percent. ANZ, you had the chat with Adelaide Trimble talking about macro Prue. No, no surprise.
2: Not really and I guess the theme for all of us macro bods at the moment and this does have implications for investors is are the authorities going to hike rates or are they going to put macro prudential tools in place? So there's a very different investment and policy response depending on which one you choose. So ANZ today put out a big roadmap basically saying there are uh, they don't expect a hike in rates because they think macro pru is coming from first but what adelaide pointed out in particular is it wasn't the set we saw about well nearly a decade ago it was it's not about interest only loans uh and it's not about investor loans it's about debt to income and i have to say with my economist hat on debt to income at six times plus has been surging and that makes me very nervous going forward, because that just means one or two lifts in interest rates could see a lot of distressed households.
1: Well, not only that, Annette, but we've already seen a lot of the banks move independently on rates already. I mean, we're already in some ways in a tightening cycle for some borrowers. So absolutely, uh, and but banks always move first. A lot of it because the uh,
2: the RBA's facility that let banks borrow uh, did ex- sorry borrow at point one mm-hmm. did expire last month, so that was always going to happen. Banks are a business and they need to attract funds, and uh, and so you know that's how it goes. But the RBA again a speech today. I'm sorry, I'm as RBA out. RBA'd out as anybody who's <laughs> listening today. It was a speech about the labour market. The reason 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 why that's important, and what we got ad nauseum on Tuesday is the RBA wants a tight labour market, they want high wages, and only then will we get inflation and a policy response. So really no new news on the back of that speech, but they're basically really thumping these short-term interest rate expectations because that end of the market was
1: getting a little ahead of itself. Yeah, well, I spoke with Capital Economics today. They are anticipating the first hike in 2023, but they are expecting 20 basis points worth of hikes from there. Uh, so they are actually anticipating that the Australian dollar will strengthen slightly through the remainder of this year. And they are also pointing, they're pretty bearish actually on commodity prices, iron ore in particular. If you'd like to listen to that interview, it is up online. All of the interviews that we've done throughout the day, which touch upon a lot of these topics. And and Didi as well. Had a great chat with Sam. Sam. Yeah, Yeah, He basically
2: said, don't worry, be happy when it comes to Chinese regulation. Uh, So whether you're a sceptic or not, definitely have a listen there. He seems to think that uh, it will be
1: good in the long run, just a bit of short-term pain. Yeah, well, I mean, there's lots of people out there. I'm just looking at my Twitter feed and some of the commentary coming through. I mean, to my, you know, the point earlier... That I had made. I'm just trying to get the the data up on my screen right now. But I mean, Hong Kong's market has been absolutely whacked, and mm. there's a few people out there. Jonathan Payne is one of them from the Payne Report, who's taking a look at the charts and saying, "Is this the canary in the coal mine?" You know, this is a significant fall that we've seen in Hong Kong markets. Um, in fact, it is. I'm just trying to get it. Yeah, Hong Kong is down. in seven straight sessions. So again, becoming more and more alarmed at that Chinese crackdown on uh, tech. All right, Zip, I think you mentioned that already. It was up by... Close to 14% by the end of the session. So there is an entity creeping up its register, I think, has about 4% Mm -hmm. just below the threshold in which you have to disclose your holdings. Some saying that could be Klarna. Nuix in the tech space doing well, I think, to your point about the narrative coming through from the U.S. NearMap had a bit of an update coming. Actually, that's just on No News. And Seven Group. Uh, Boral is the, the main story there. looks like it will inevitably take control of the board. That was th- persistence pays off on that, I <laughs> have to say. <laughs> yeah, it sure does. It's a playbook that uh, the Stokes have used before and it's working <laughs> this time around as well. Magellan Financial is actually the worst performer today, down by about 4%. So there's a bit of market talk around the traps, uh, just calling into question perhaps the performance of uh, its investments and and how that could impact uh, profitability of the larger entity going forward so yeah that's a uh, sort of interesting one that doesn't usually make our underperforming list I'm just trying to get up who was yeah track record may uh, yeah see some minor retail investment outflows coming through and that's Morgan's. Uh, let's get to, shall we, Annette, to move this along our, well, I was going to say stock of the day, but I'm not doing that these
2: days. No, that's a. I think that's a great idea from Koshi because uh, just in terms of mixing it up. So we've been asking everybody this week as to what is your life-changing stock? And, of course, definition of life-changing depends on the analyst. So <laughs> yeah. it's because either it changes your life or it changes other people's lives. Well, so it's yeah. open for
1: interpretation. The caveat, though, that I know he always hammers this home. It's about your hip pocket. So it's about money. So good in the way as well that it could be life changing in that the future performance could shoot the lights out. So he spoke today with Carl Caprilinga from Think Markets and Jason McIntosh from Motion Trader. Let's listen in.
0: So the one I'm looking at uh, today is called Neo Metals and ticker code is NMT. So we know that we're going to have an explosion potentially of um, electric vehicles. Uh, over the next 10, 15 years. Everybody's predicting that and therefore draw the line back. You need uh, minerals uh, to produce the batteries, the motors uh, and, and the vehicles themselves. OK, get it. Tick, tick, tick. OK, well, these guys are less about finding the minerals and more about recycling the batteries. They've got a pilot plant um, up and running in Germany, uh, a joint venture over there. They're looking, uh, they're taking batteries as we speak uh, from a number of big battery um, uh, recyclers uh, and and manufacturers, and they're they're ripping out the bits. They recover about 90% of the good stuff to then uh, use using uh, new batteries and looking to, I guess, Prove the process. It, it, it's their own painted te- technology. It's quite unique. Um, a very low environmental uh, footprint. So it ticks all the green boxes as well. And so I've got one. Got one today. It's uh, it's a company called Klaus Space. It's forecast to grow to something like 550 billion by 2025. And Klaus Space, well, they've only got a market cap of 150 million. So yeah, it's tiny. It's a tiny company compared to the. You know, this global addressable okay. market, and it's some really good technology that they've got.
1: And that was Jason McIntosh ending the thoughts there on these life changing stocks. So, Kellia Space, ticker code KSS, and Neo Metals, uh, ticker code N. M-T. I think we're all getting familiar with a few names through this series, so yeah, it's a good one, and um, if you'd like to listen to their thoughts in their entirety, you just have to listen to the call podcast, or you can watch it again via the website or the app. Hey, Annette, it's pretty quiet here tomorrow tonight we will get uh, we'll get some jobless claims in yeah, the US and consumer claims, read
2: yep jobless claims worth looking at we had jolts overnight edging ever closer to that million level so there's no doubt that the the, the demand is out there for US jobs tomorrow we've got China PPI CPI and the yawning gap between the two because PPI is more or less a commodity price index, but it's not filtering through into that consumer level. So we'll keep a beady eye on that. Uh, One of my fun guests is coming back, Grant Patterson from Providence Wealth, because the last time I spoke to him, we had a little round the grounds and a chat, and he pretty much put crypto in the fun bucket. And so we're going to bring him back in and just see where or if crypto goes into his long-term strategies, we'll get an update there.
1: Oh, well, that that is one to watch for, isn't it? It's a Friday tomorrow, so we're kicking things off in the morning in the US. Uh, one of my faves, because he's so compelling to listen to his thoughts, are Epstein from Lynn & Associates kicks it off uh we've got a whole bunch of great guests it's a friday so of course we'll get a buy hold sell from chris conway as well you know the day goes on anthony doyle will be joining you on the 11th as well from fidelity it'll be interesting because we've had fomc et cetera to see if his views on inflation have changed at all (laughs) and uh yeah throughout the day a whole range of fantastic guests hope you can join us for that and then annette next week We'll start talking about that NAB Business Survey as well. That'll be an interesting one. It it
2: will because we have a bit of a quiet week for Aussie next week just because NAB Business Survey is more or less it. Um, But we have US CPI, of course, that will be closely Mm -hmm. watched. And for putting my Kiwi hat on, we've got the RBNZ. Why do we care? Well, the market is priced for a rate hike by year end. It'll be interesting to know if they condone that or if they push it back or whatever so that is next wednesday i'll be looking forward to that
1: and of course in equities tonight uh we will be watching the us 10-year bond yield closely to see how low can it how go how can it go <laughs> and what will it mean for big tech of course i had a chat today with alistair mcleod from wheelhouse partners he said look the reflation trade may be down but it's not out i'll summarize it that way that's online As well. And, um, you know, gearing up for more significant U.S. earnings reports coming next week. So it always begins with the banks. They're big names. True to form. And that is going to be instructive. So chatting with Bob Desmond from Evans and Partners today, saying in earnings season, you know, he looks for companies that have pricing power in this environment, that have uh, healthy gross margins. But yeah, costs, input costs, costs labor. Uh, and again, that, that ability to lift prices will be so crucial in this US reporting yep. season. And remember, this
2: is the first banking season where the Fed has given the green light for buybacks and dividends. Mm. So we'll be watching that closely as well. Oh my gosh, I can barely wait for next week, but uh, it's, <laughs> it's time to give it a wrap Not today. Yet. Hope you have a
1: good night. Uh, we'll chat tomorrow. See you tomorrow.